the Ain't No Fang podcast. From Arizona Sports, Ain't No Fang. Well, I hope you didn't buy any tickets to spring training because that ain't happening anytime soon. I'm Steve Zinsmeister with Cody Fincher, as always, on the Ain't No Fang podcast. Thanks for checking it out this week. Uh, I wish we had better news for all of you out there. I wish that we had baseball starting up. Uh, It was supposed to be starting already, but here we are, and Major League owners and also the Players Association have not been able to come to a deal. Shocker. We waited too long, and now it's too late. But here we are. Uh, Negotiations fell through. The first two series of the season are canceled. My first thought on that is, well, those six games were going to be losses for the Diamondbacks anyway. Uh, But here we are. Still no deal. (laughs) Cody, what was your reaction when everything fell apart just a day or two ago? Well, um, honestly, I wasn't shocked. I never thought that the season was going to start on time based on how they were conducting their negotiations. Um, As you mentioned, yes, the first two regular season series of 2022 have been canceled. The D-backs were set to open the season this year at on the road against the Milwaukee Brewers, and then they would head to L.A. to face the Dodgers. So I guess bright side is we have three less games against the Dodgers that we have to watch the D-backs play. (laughs) Yay! So I don't know. But, um, yeah, so I'm not shocked at all. Um, Unfortunately, they they chose not to get serious until a week before this so-called deadline that MLB imposed February 28th. And they they didn't even really keep true to that either because they went past that deadline into yesterday because MLB put out, you know, these feelers to baseball reporters, uh, some baseball reporters, that there was a deal that was imminent and there was big progress and that we could wake up on Monday morning or Tuesday morning, whatever yesterday was, and there would be baseball again. And apparently that was never the case. Uh, the players unanimous, unanimously voted to uh, not agree to MLB's latest proposal. A proposal, by the way, reportedly was MLB's quote, best and final offer. Um, uh, Rob Manford stood up in front of the media yesterday and said that they never used that phrase. The player said, that's exactly what you said. Um, and a lot of baseball reporters put that out there. So I, I tend to, I, I, I'm tending not to really buy anything. Rob Manford is throwing out there right now. Honestly, um, that press conference yesterday was, was a joke. It was a free, it was a joke. Were you a little the surprised guy, he even spoke? Um, no, because there were, you know, the, their so-called deadline, which was kind of made up anyway. Um, there was never really, it's not like, okay, we have to do it by this day because they already said that they already said we have to agree to February 28th on February 28th, or we're going to cancel games. And that, that day came and went and they still didn't cancel games, but then they put this out there. Their best and final offer came on Tuesday morning. And I think they kind of had to do something because the players voted no on it. The reaction was not good. I wasn't surprised that he spoke yesterday, but his the manner in which he spoke really bothered me. He got up there and was kind of smiley and giggly, and then he proceeded to cancel the first week of the regular season. Why are you happy about this? If you care about baseball, 
which I don't believe the owners, the majority of them actually care about the sport of baseball. Why would you get up there? And, you know, he was cracking jokes and giggling and he kind of like took a shot at one of the reporters, which that reporter kind of took a shot back at him, which was awesome. Um, I can't remember the reporter's name, but uh, they it was the last question of the press conference. And they said, since it's, I think, Ken something, I don't know who it, it wasn't Ken Rosenthal. It was another Ken. So since it's Ken's last day, uh, let's let him have the last question. And Rob Manfred was like, oh, it's your last day. That's so that's too bad. Uh, you've been so kind so far. And he started laughing and the reporter goes, yeah, feelings mutual. And then asked this question. I'm like, boom, that was oh, that was so good. Anyway. Like he was, he, his manner in which he was talking was really frustrating because it seemed like just through his mannerisms and the way he announced all this stuff, the owners are okay with canceling these games. They were completely fine with it. If they weren't fine with it, they wouldn't have done it. Yeah, I think on you know, some level they're okay with canceling a few games because they feel they're that okay what- with canceling games in April. At right. Mar- early or in late March and April, because those games in their pocketbooks don't matter as well, much. It's not that they don't matter, but think about opportunity cost here, which is what are you missing out on? So they're probably figuring that the dollar number that they're going to miss out on by canceling those first few games is less than the amount that they would stand to lose by agreeing to the proposal that the players want. Yeah. You know what I right. mean? Like they'd be losing right. so much by agreeing over time whereas here and now we're losing six games all right i can stomach that i I, we lost four months of baseball in 2020 and we were able to stomach that i I, granted their team a lot of teams are still struggling with those financials here is a clip from rob manfred i think the obvious question on everybody's mind was why did it take so long for both of these two sides to get together it was just in the last 10 days to two weeks that these two sides met up, and Rob Manfred, for what it's worth, didn't really have an answer to this one. Hey, Rob, understanding that deadlines create urgency, you locked out the players to jumpstart the negotiations. It feels like real bargaining went on just in the last 24 to 36 hours. I'm sure people are wondering why not over the last three three months or even longer to get to a point where you're not necessarily canceling games because there's some momentum here. Yeah, I think the, the best answer to that question is the last 10 days. We've been here, ready to bargain, full committees, owners, players for 10 days, and it got going two days before the deadline. I, you know, that's the best explanation I can give you. That's not good enough. First of all, fantastic question by whoever asked that question. That was a really good question. Second of all, what the hell? What is that even? What are you talking about? How is that your answer to that question? Why haven't you been negotiating like this for three months after the CBA expired? Well, we've been here for 10 days ready to bargain. What about that last three months, Rob? What about the last three months? Where you been? What you been doing? What's your job? Your job Literally. is to be the head of baseball. They went on a three-month vacation and decided to try to pull an all-nighter like I used to do at ASU in the edit bay as a Cronkite and try to get it done Right. the day before their so-called deadline that MLB imposed. If your whole job, your whole life is baseball and you wake up tomorrow morning and baseball needs you to help facilitate a deal between two sides. I know it's not easy. What we're asking of him is not easy, but it is his job. 
And so wouldn't you wake up the next morning and wouldn't you get right on that? I mean, you're not going to sit around and wait. I understand that the way the question was asked was actually pretty smart because it acknowledges that deadlines and pressure and procrastination do create pressure to get things done. That's just a fact. Things were more likely to get done around now than they would have been three months ago. I get that because there's not a lot of pressure three months out from a regular season. But now we're seeing the repercussions of the facts that the two sides were further apart than they ever imagined. And now we're going to miss games because of it. It doesn't seem fair. It it just seemed like the owners and Rob Manfred thought that they could make up this deadline and that would spook the Players Association into just accepting what MLB thought was their best offer. Okay, they're going to take it because otherwise we're going to miss games and and the players are not going to get paid, blah, 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 all that stuff. And it completely backfired on them. And again, maybe maybe backfired is not even the right word because I think the owners are okay with missing these games. I think they don't care as much because it's, it's less that they have to pay the players and they want the players to accept a, a deal that benefits basically them only. Um, and the players are not having it, man. They are, they are insanely united. They are going to get what they think is fair. Um, I just wrote down a couple things Ranford said yesterday, and this was in his letter that he posted online. Um, they agreed to raise minimum salaries to $700,000 an annual bonus pool of $30 million that would go to the best young players. I believe that's the arbitration pool, which, by the way, $30 Correct. million is still nowhere near what the players were asking for. Okay, but, not, but, to, be fair, saying, but to be fair, that, that pool does not exist currently. No, so, it does not. So on the one hand, the owners are like, well, that's a thing that doesn't exist already. So it's currently zero is what they're saying about right. their previous deal. Whereas the players are saying, what was their their, their ask? Was like 105? It was a lot, like but I think they've lowered it to like... To like 90 or like 80 or something. 80 like million or something but, like that. So then so, for the owners to throw out 30, I'm not saying I'm on the owner's side on everything in this deal, but to their credit, right. they're throwing in $30 million that they didn't throw in any the year before. So it is somewhat of a... Uh, of of them them offering an olive branch. It may not be perfect and it may not be the right number and the players certainly don't like it, but it is a bit of an olive branch. I'll give the owners that on that. Um they also are and he, Manfred has said some of this stuff in the past. They have agreed to implement a draft lottery. Um th- I thought this was interesting. They were going to put in there in their latest offer they put in an incentive system to encourage clubs to promote their top prospects to their opening day rosters. So that's kind of getting rid of the whole service time manipulation um, stuff. Um, The elimination of draft pick compensation and free agency. And they, in Rob Manfred's words, an increase in the first year of the CBT, um, which is uh, an increase like they've never seen before in past collective bargaining agreements. Also, this one was interesting. Um, they agreed to expand the playoffs to 12 teams. The league wanted 14 teams, which is almost half of the freaking league in the playoffs, which doesn't make any sense to me. Um, You're going to get some bad baseball games uh, in that format. And I believe the players wanted 10. So they actually did compromise and met each other halfway at 12 teams in the playoffs. So that was just kind of a couple things that stood out to me with, with what Manfred said yesterday. Um, just man, 
I don't even. I'm just so mad. I'm so upset that it's come down to this. That quote that you just played just is so infuriating because it was like you said they wanted to wait to the last minute to create pressure on the players to just accept a deal. Okay, guess guess they're going to cancel games. We got to accept this offer and that didn't happen and now here we are. The yeah. first week of the regular season is not going to happen as scheduled. Op- think about it. Opening day. It, I mean, there's going to be an opening day, but they've canceled this year's opening day, which is you know, for a league that is trying to keep its current fans and draw in new fans, particularly those that who are young, you would think that the the leaders of this league would actually want to make this sport happen. Think about opening day. Opening day is is in baseball is 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 special. It's a day where think about this. Yes, I know they're partners, but ESPN cancels all of their national pr- first take around the horn PTI with all the talking heads, whatever Max Kellerman's freaking show is called now. I don't even know what it's called. They cancel all that stuff and show baseball all day long. And now not saying that's not going to happen. It will whenever the first day of the season actually is, but you're delaying that process. You're taking it away. And it, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't make you feel good about the direction that Major League Baseball is taking. Here's this from the MLB's best player. I I think I would call him the best player, Mike Trout, who's not a polarizing figure. He's not uh, super outspoken. Uh, a lot of people would go as far as to say he's a little bit bland when it comes to a best player in a sport. He's not LeBron. Uh, he's not like Tiger Woods. He's not. He doesn't draw quite like they do, but he speaks today. Uh, about this whole negotiation falling through. He says, I want to play. I love our game, but I know we need to get this CBA right. Instead of bargaining in good faith, MLB locked us out. Instead of negotiating a fair deal, Rob canceled games. Players stand together for our game, for our fans, and for every player who comes after us. We owe it to the next generation. Now, to be fair, Mike Trout makes a ton of money every season, so it's not like he's hurting for cash. But it's nice to see him stand up for the little guy, because as pointed out by uh, Fox analyst Ben Verlander, I read this the other day, you got to remember that not all baseball players are millionaires. In fact, 71%, he says 71% of MLB players, I think what he means is baseball players, professional baseball players. 71% make less than a million dollars a year. 66% make less than 600,000, which is still a lot for the average human. And 16% make less than a hundred thousand dollars in the minor leagues. So his point is pretty simple. All the guys, think about all the guys that get sent up and sent back down all year long. I mean, I think of a guy like the D backs had like Silvino Bracho. It seems like he was on the bus to AAA and then back up to Phoenix like every every other week, you know, and he's not getting paid millions of dollars to do that. No, you're making so, you're making the league minimum for two weeks yeah. and then you're going back down and you're making 80K and then you're back up and you're making, five, you know, whatever it is again. So, yeah, no, this is a fight for the little guy for sure. I get that. Max Scherzer shows up to these negotiations. He's not hurting for cash either. But he's standing up for the little guy, and I think that the players made a good statement this week when they decided, you know what, we're not going to take a deal that we feel is unfair. We know we're going to miss some game checks for the next couple of weeks. 
Um, but this is for the greater good. And I'll, I'll throw a little bit of context at you, too, because I, I understand you're on the player's side. I mean, that that's what it feels like to me. Don't let me quote you on that. But it feels like you're more on the player's side than the owner's. At this moment, yeah, <laughs> and I am. And it's really easy for anybody to jump on that side because, like you said, it's a bunch of billionaires of, against these guys who a lot of them are millionaires, but not all of them, like we just established. Um, so it's easier to take their side, and, and and I agree with a lot of that. And the, the MLB did lock them out, so it is kind of their fault. Uh, but on the flip side, for context, the last time this happened in the 90s, the players ended up agreeing to a deal that was not in their best interest. They go on strike after they were they, they played games that year. What was that, 94, 95, yep. whatever it was? And they played games, yep. but then they ended up ultimately going on strike and agreeing to a deal that was not best for them. You know how I know it wasn't best for them? Because they're right now trying to get a new one. <laughs> so that means they weren't <laughs> happy with the old one. And so the owners are looking at this great deal they've had over the last 20 years or so. And they're saying, wow, this is really great. We don't want to lose that. We don't want to lose that hold we have on our players. This this is what we've been doing for 20 years. Why would we change it? And here come the players saying, we've been abused for the last 20 years. I, I'm using abused a little bit facetiously, but we've been abused financially, let's say, for the last 20 years. So they want to get out of the bad deal that past players agreed to in the 90s. So that's where they're coming from. They're like, we need to do what's fair. And maybe what's fair is closer to what the players want than the owners, but the owners are so used to having everything they wanted for the last two decades. And I think that's creating this dichotomy where they're having such trouble coming to an agreement because on the owner's side, they're like, this is all we know. And on the player's side, they're like, yeah, and we need to get away from that. We need to do something that's finally fair for us. And so I think that's why they're going to be more okay with missing some games because they realize the last time we did this 20 years ago, we made a mistake by accepting a deal that was less than what we should have taken. And maybe we should have stood up harder in the nineties. They succumbed to pressure in the nineties and now we're seeing the ramifications of it. So this isn't all on the owners. Part of it is on the players association from 20 years ago for taking a bad deal. Is that fair? Yeah, I um I I get I I guess I get then why the owners lock out the players because like you were saying in 1994 they were playing during a uh negotiation process and then the players all of a sudden said screw it we're going to strike and then they had to cancel the world series they had to cancel like a whole half of the season plus the playoffs and they don't want that to happen again they'd rather I guess they'd rather miss games in April than in October. And I guess I get that. It's just, I don't know. It's just hard to be on the owner's side when it seems like they're not really willing to meet the players halfway at this point. And because I feel like a fair deal, both sides get some things that they want. And there's also some hurt and disappointment as on both sides as well, because that's how you make a deal. Like when you go in and negotiate for a car, you go in with a price. The dealership that you're going to has a price. And then you haggle and, you know, maybe you gave up a little bit more money than what you thought you were going to. And that's a little bit hurt. But, hey, you 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 didn't pay the full price because you were able to get something. You know, you're able to negotiate down. And it's the same on the dealership side, too. And it just seems like they're not at that point. Is that, that makes sense? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, sometimes what's fair, by the way, 
isn't necessarily 50% between the two numbers. Right. Sometimes what's fair, maybe what's actually fair in the grand universe of all things, is like 75% of the way towards what the players want and 25 for the owners. So maybe the owners have to go a little further. I, I don't know. I don't know what's fair in this situation. But what I do know is that the players seem to be more adamant about what they want and what they're not willing to accept than in the 90s when they made that deal. So yeah. they seem to be willing to put up more of a fight this time around. And I think that's a good thing, on the one hand, to stand up for the players in that way. Uh, there's a lot of big-name players who are who are behind this. I mean, not every player agrees that they should be locked out right now. Some of them probably just want to keep playing games, even if it means the same financial system, whatever. Um, but I, I guess where I'm at, I know you're on, firmly on the player side. I guess where I'm at is both sides have made significant concessions, like, it's not like the owners put out a deal three weeks ago and haven't budged at all. You know, they've been willing to to play a little bit of ball, so to speak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that pun there, playing ball. And so it's oh, not like they started at zero. Doing. I know. It's not like they started at zero. They have done some haggling. It's just that they're still really far apart, especially on financial issues. The competitive balance, uh, what is it, competitive balance tax, is that what it's called? Basically. Threshold. Yeah, oh, threshold, sorry. Basically, it's uh, what the players consider it to be a salary cap. Because the players want teams to be able to spend as much as they want. If the Yankees want to go out and spend $400 million next season, so be it. That means our free agent contracts are going to be bigger. Or that means we're going to have more room under the quote-unquote team uh, salary cap to go and get more players, which means more jobs, which means more employment, which means better things for the players, which means our salaries probably go up every couple of years. So that's what they want. They want teams to be able to spend more. And the teams are like, well, we don't want those those teams to be able to spend that much because we're down here. We're the Oakland A's. We can only afford 40 to $50 million a year at most. We can't mm-hmm. compete with that. How are we supposed to compete with $400 million? So there's a lot of haggle back and forth. I get that. Um, I think that both sides have made serious concessions, but I do tend to lean the player direction because it's really hard to settle with a bunch of billionaires who just want more money. It's hard to empathize with that. Can I uh, can I mention a couple other ridiculous things that Rob Manfred said yesterday? Please, please do. Um, one, here's a quote. Manfred, quote, last five years have been very difficult for the league from a revenue perspective. And I'm reading this from a tweet from Travis Sawshick. He's a right MLB writer for The Score. And then he adds to that MLB has total about $43 billion in that period of five years. And that includes the COVID shortened 2020 season. Like where I, I, I don't, I don't like when these owners of these teams are crying poor about how, you know, non profitable it is to own a baseball team. It's not true. It's not true. And some teams, like you were mentioned, the Oakland A's, Tampa Bay Rays, you know, the, the Rays don't get a, a lot of fan attendance until they make the playoffs, which is every freaking year. And But, you know, it, it, they're still making money by owning these teams, and they're just saying that, like, we don't have the money. We, it's not profitable, blah, 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 blah. It's not true. It's not true at all. And then secondly, um, <laughs> Rob Manfred said that, The fans are at the forefront of their minds in this process. How? How? Don't bring up the fans, dude. 
don't don't bring up the fans. You're not listening to the fans because what what are the fans saying? They're not saying, you know what? Yeah, it's good that you canceled opening day in the first week of the season. I get it. No, if you were listening, they're all saying how much they hate you, one, and they're saying how stupid all this is, and where have you been for three months? Where have you been since December when the CBA expired? Don't don't come out there and stand up at that podium and say that you have the fans' best interests number one on your priorities. That's bull crap. That is not true at all. That just that made me so mad. Like, how can you get up there and say that you are thinking about the fans and then go on to cancel some games? Yeah, baseball makes no sense to me. The other thing behind this is baseball already has its own problems as a sport. It's kind of an older yeah. game. It hasn't changed a ton since its inception in the 1800s. Um, there's obvious differences between now and then, but I mean, for the most part, the game remains similar. Um, there's not a lot of advancements that you can think of other than maybe some technology stuff. Um, the game struggles with drawing new, younger fans. And the fact that you have now had a significant chunk of time missed due to lockouts or strikes twice in the last 20 or so years, that's bad. That's really bad for the game and for drawing in a new generation of people who are going to watch the game. It's really bad. I've talked to a lot of people this week who are casual baseball fans. You know, like, I'll go to a game, get a beer and a hot dog. But they admit, they're like, when I'm there, I'm not even watching the game. I'm eating a hot dog, or I'm drinking, or I'm on my phone, or I'm talking with the people that I'm there with. It's really not about baseball. But when I ask them, like, what's it like when you go to a Cardinals game or or you go to a Suns game, they're like, oh, I'm engaged. I'm 100% behind the Suns. And I understand baseball's a little bit of a different pace. It's it's more mm-hmm. like golf, I think, where like the action is kind of far and few between sometimes. It's not a constant clock running and it's not a constant like, oh, they could score, oh my god. It's kind of an out of out of the blue scoring system in baseball. It's a hard game to innovate. But baseball You could be is, at a baseball game and have to go to the bathroom right. and then while you're in the bathroom, the only run of the game is scored. Yeah, it's possible. In the bottom of the third inning. How whatever, many times does that RBI happen to you? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so baseball's already dealing with those issues, and now out. they're not doing themselves any favors by not playing. Yeah, it's it's not good for, like you said, this is not good for a sport that I don't, I wouldn't go as far to say baseball's dying, but it's not going in the right direction, and this is just a, yet another, you know, obstacle on their path that they have yet they, they that they have not found a good solution for and they have not been able to get around it in a good way. I just man, it's just this is bad. This is two out of the last 3 seasons that have been shortened. I mean, one was due to COVID, so maybe they get a pass on that, but then again, they could have started way earlier in 2020, but they couldn't start until July because of negotiating in bad faith. Did they end up giving players full seasons of service time for that 2020 season? Do you I don't think so. I don't recall what happened. I remember like I college football remember. gave everybody an extra year of eligibility. Yeah, and stuff, but, but. right. I don't I don't think that MLB did that, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, it's a good question. I don't remember if they did or not. Yeah. Uh, it's but, just yeah, interesting I mean, to me that like we're going to see shortened primes of certain players. Sure. 
I mean, how many great young players have come up in the last three or four years? And, like, I feel like I've barely seen them. Tatis came up, like, three or four years ago, (laughs) and I feel like he's really only played, like, one season's worth of games. I'm trying to find that tweet. Yeah, from... uh what's this guy's name mark luino what's his at oh that's uh at at giraffe neck mark yeah okay i've seen some of his youtube videos he He makes uh baseball list videos like he does a lot of prospect lists and like okay uh he he does sporkle quizzes too which is which is hilarious because i used to do that too but um well he had a he had a good tweet uh put out yesterday he says we now have two shortened seasons for prime mike trout fernando tatis jr Shohei Otani, Juan Soto, Bryce Harper, Mookie Betts, Jacob DeGrom, and many other greats. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Some of those guys will be players that were the greatest of all time, maybe at their position. And we're seeing, I don't know, we saw, what, four months less of them in 2020. We, Mm -hmm. I don't know how many months we're going to miss in this season. Hopefully none, but... We only saw 60 games of them in, in 2020. So Mike Trout, I mean, the Angels never make playoffs. Right. So we only saw Mike Trout. And I don't, even, I don't remember if he was hurt that year or whatever. He seems to get hurt a lot now. But Well, we, he missed almost all of last year. Yeah. So he hasn't really been on the field very much. Uh, Shohei Otani, too, is just, is this ridiculous phenom two-way player that uh, we've only seen him for a full season once last year. Because either injuries or a COVID shortened season. I mean, man, uh, yeah, it's just, it's not good for the game at all. I'll say this. So I was talking to somebody today who says, man, baseball, the quality of baseball sucks these days. Like, it's no good. Nobody likes baseball, all these things, right? And I pointed out, I was like, well, I, I understand that the frustration behind what's going on right now with negotiations not coming through. And, you know, it's a sport that can't get out of its own way. I get that. But I I would point out that last season's baseball season, as it were, was pretty darn good and pretty revolutionary in a lot of ways. Shohei Otani is, I mean, the face of baseball, both offensively and defensively. Um, Also, the fact that he's a Japanese-born player and was able to accomplish that feat is phenomenal. I mean, Ichiro won the MVP and Rookie of the Year in the same season, and I never felt like Ichiro was the best player in baseball. At any given time. Right. And he might have Shohei been like accomplished the best, that. He might have been like the best hitter. Yeah. But never best like pure the, hitter. But he was never that like he is. If you're making a power ranking of MLB players, he was never number one because, yeah, he had he always got a bunch of base hits. But that's really I'm not I'm not trying to diminish <laughs> what Ichiro did, but no, he pretty much was a singles hitter. And he was really good. He had a huge cannon of an arm in right field. Yeah, absolutely. Shohei, o- Shohei Otani is hitting for average. He hits 450-foot bombs. He drives in a bunch of runs. He's fast on the base pass. Oh, yeah, by the way, he's also a starting pitcher that throws yeah. 100 miles an hour. Right. Are, are you freaking kidding me right now? And maybe um, Ichiro could have done most of those things. Yeah, You maybe. always hear about how his uh, power display he, during batting but, practice was yeah, amazing. Yeah, but he designed his game, right. in like his in-game skills to be a certain way he was the leadoff hitter he was really fast he would get on base he he had that kind of softball started when you start running before you swing the bat type of swing which gave him a huge advantage busting it down the line a lot but man he was good i miss it actually i miss him a lot i know I do um but uh yeah i mean shohei otani is just on this whole different 
scale of of player right now. Well, like, you've I got, don't know if we'll see this again for a while. And it's not just him though. I mean, Vlad Vlad Jr. is mm-hmm. probably the best right-handed hitter I'll say in baseball right now. Um, and he's got some intrigue too because his dad was so good and is a Hall of right. Famer. So there's intrigue there. Fernando Tatis, his dad was pretty good too, by the way. Not a Hall of Famer, I don't think, but uh, I definitely don't think he was. But he's still really good. And so Fernando Tatis is amazing. And oh, by the way, these are all foreign-born players, and that's right. pretty cool. That Juan the Soto is, is only Juan Soto's like not even 24 years old yet, and he's Ted Williams. Right? He's Ted Williams. <laughs> Go look at the numbers. So, like, baseball has We're never... We're missing this, man. In a lot of ways, baseball's never been better. away from us. Jacob DeGrom, it away. Jacob DeGrom is Sandy Koufax. I mean, he's mm. it's it's the same kind of trajectory. I mean, if he retired today, he'd probably be considered similar. You know what I mean? Like, the greatest of his time, but just didn't last yeah. very long. It's, it's, it's crazy how good the quality of baseball was last season, but everyone forgets about it. The casual fan forgets about it because of all the dramatics and the antics and the fact that we can't get our stuff together. Yeah, and even when baseball's being played, think about how hard it is to watch these players play that aren't in your markets because of MLB.TV's dumb blackout rule. If you're paying for that subscription, I would think you'd be able to watch whatever you want on it but nope you're not in that area because of the tv deals they have which they the tv deals are good they give you know they they get a lot of money from that stuff which is used to help make teams better i get it but think about how much they could make with mlb.tv if they got rid of the blackout rule um there'd be a lot of red or you know tape they'd have to cut through to get to make that happen because what, why would anyone subscribe to their cable companies? I guess if they, you know, if they took that away, but still it's just, it's, it's hard baseball, the way that the way that you consume the game of baseball, it's really hard to market some of these young players. Like I can't just turn on my TV and see Mike Trout play because I live in Arizona. I don't live in orange County. Like I couldn't even if I was living in Orange County and let's say, oh, God forbid, I was a Dodger fan. I couldn't turn my MLB TV on if I had that. So if I had that service, I couldn't turn that on and watch the Dodgers play. I couldn't watch Mookie Betts or Walker, Walker Bueller or Trey Turner. I couldn't watch any of those guys when I'm literally two hours from where they're playing a game. It's just it's it's hard to market these players and that's another reason why you know you have these young kids that you know they're not thinking i want to be juan soto i want to be fernando tatis jr you know because they can't really watch these players play it's a good point it's a good point did you see the uh the thing coming from papa john's no <laughs> oh boy so this is from are we pa- gonna get in trouble for talking no. about this no 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 no, this is nothing bad. This is something. This is a promotional okay. opportunity that Papa John's is doing. Okay. Uh, this is a notice they sent out this week. It says, "Are you a pro ball player who's been feeling like you're stuck on the bench due to a prolonged off season? Has your patience reached the bottom of the ninth? I see what they did there. Do you miss being on your team or any team? 
If this sounds like you, then it's time to hang up the helmet and head on over to Papa John's, where we're inviting you to join the pizza big leagues as our new preseason pizza pro, an exciting new role which will put your talents back to good use. Basically, they're asking pro ballplayers while they're not working to come they work at Papa pizza? John's. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my gosh. We're looking for people who that's... would eat pizza for breakfast, brunch, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> oh my By the way, gosh. that's disgusting. I, I love pizza. By you the way, not do that I four could do times it. a day. <laughs> I could do it. Well, remember Papa, Papa John me. himself uh, said that. Remember a couple years back where he was like, "I eat pizza three times a day." Yeah, and I was like that explains why you're so sweaty. Um, <laughs> and then it says that's uh, that's actually kind of funny though. Like that yeah. whole promote that 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 promotion. It's pretty funny. What else does it say? Um, Response. Oh, okay. Here we go. Because this is a job ad. This is a help wanted ad. Responsibilities include performing dough to sauce to cheese to toppings to oven quintuple plays. They're really trying to get cute with this. Uh, Minimizing errors like dropping a ball is bad, but a stack of XL pizzas is a different story. Uh, Coming to work with your game face on and also an apron, mostly the apron. Uh, they're really trying. This is a it. It comes. It's clearly a joke. But also, like, if a ball player walked into a Papa John's, would they turn him away? Probably not. So, uh, oh, first man. of all, uh, that whole promotion is pretty. It's hilarious. Cheesy. I know. Ah, I I see what you did there. Cheesy. Yes. Ha ha. Yes. With extra cheese. Thank cheesy. you. Um. I'll also, take a large, if a ball please. player, if a ball player probably walked into a Papa John's, they probably wouldn't know who they were. Um. Because no one knows who any of these people are unless you watch baseball, uh, which is not as many people as you would want. But that's really funny. <laughs> oh, I I, I want to walk into a Papa John's and see Madison Bumgarner, flip, you know, tossing pizza dough. That would be hilarious. That would be great. It also says applicants will be expected to provide a resume, a list of references, or just a baseball card with your name on it and your face, <laughs> preferably signed, and we get to keep it. Okay, this is really good. That's it's, really funny. Yeah, I know. It's That's pretty, pretty good. It's pretty That's funny. funny. Um, I hope, I do hope a couple players take them up on that, though. Well, that and there's, really a, there's a button to apply. Should I apply right now? Is that what I'm doing right now? I think I'm going to apply. Um, hey, you played high school. Oh, I have to sign in. Yeah, whatever. Oh, I'm not going to sign in. Who has a login to Papa John's? <laughs> That's weird. Hey, pizza fans, man. You have to log in at Papa John's? I guess I haven't ordered a pizza in a while. Um, Well, it's just so you can keep all your info there. You don't have to enter your address and stuff all the time. But real talk for a sec. Like, real talk, this is a weird time for especially minor league players. By the way, minor league camp is going on right now. And their games are going to happen. Right. Like, there is (laughs) spring training kind of right now for minor leagues. Yeah, the D-backs right now are holding minor league mini camping. Yeah, you that's, know, that's something. You can I see saw, some videos. I did see um, Jordan Lawler is the first round pick from last year for the Diamondbacks. Yes. I think it was fifth overall, sixth. Mm. Um, but he was the top like ranked that. high school player that came out shortstop. He got injured pretty quickly after he showed up. I think like two games in or the first right, game he got right. hurt. Um, but he's back and working out, and it sounds like he's on a good trajectory and he's hitting. I don't think he's taken BP on the field yet. I think he said, but he's taken BP in you know off the tee, yeah, soft um, toss and everything. Zach That's good Buchanan, news. Zach Buchanan tweeted something out a couple days ago about that. Uh, let me try to find it real quick. I have to scroll through all the Wordle Wordle stuff. By the way, oh no, do you do that Wordle stuff? Do you, I, do I've you done it. I don't wordle? do it every day. 
I don't even know I tried what it, it out. is. <laughs> it's like, it uh, is. did you ever play that game Mastermind when you were a kid? Did you ever play that? No. Oh, no, okay. that doesn't sound familiar. It's like where you put like five colors in their, in their holes at the top, and then you don't tell the other person which, which colors in which slot. And then they okay. have to, and they have to guess, and then you tell them like, okay, that red one is the wrong color, but it's or the right color but wrong spot. It's like that kind of thing, and you have to move them around to figure out what the code is or whatever. Same thing, just words and letters. That's what Wordle is. It's really words not, and letters. It's really not that hard. Why people are posting their results to social media is another thing that baffles me entirely. I know. I, I see no a bunch idea. of people that are just like Wordle today, four of six or whatever, and they tweet yeah. these colored blocks. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Um, anyway, I found the tweet. Thank you for updating me on Wordle. Uh, no problem. Zach, Zach Buchanan tweeted out on February 23rd, uh, and this is good news uh, for some top prospects for the D-backs. Corbin Carroll is a full go following Ooh. his shoulder surgery last year. Good. That's great news. Um, and then he mentions Jordan Lawler is about a month behind Carroll, hitting off a tee and soft toss. No full batting practice yet. Gotcha. but but should be ready for when minor league camp officially opens on March 6th. So that's a really good sign. Um, uh, especially with Corbin Carroll. I think that dude's not that far away. So hopefully, hopefully both those guys have um, healthy seasons this year because the D backs have really been bitten with minor leaguers and their, and their injuries and other things too, like with, with Christian Robinson. So Hopefully those guys have healthy, healthy seasons this yeah, year. Yeah, and those are their consensus top two prospects. I mean, every yeah. every organization or every analyst out there knows those are the two home run, like not not literal home run hitters, but those are the two home runs that the Diamondbacks could hit by promoting <laughs> them and having them be in their everyday lineup. So, um, yeah, I would think Jordan Lawler's a couple of years away, likely. Yeah, I mean, he's a high school guy. Just drafted I, I, him. So. I know he got picked high, but I mean, he also was hurt for the first. I don't know, six to eight months of his time in baseball. Right. So uh, he's a ways away. Corbin Carroll might be a lot closer, and he's a very well-developed player. He's got a great approach at the plate, plays a mean center field. So I would love to see him right now, <laughs> but that's not going to yeah, happen. Yeah, we can't. No. Yeah, we're that, not allowed. No, that's it's not, not, it's not a thing. Baseball's not a thing right now. What are we even doing here? Yeah, I know. It's a sport that doesn't technically exist currently which ridiculous is ridiculous dude i'm which, so mad that makes it really so, hard to do a baseball podcast when baseball doesn't exist yeah we should just talk about wordle yeah. or something <laughs> i'm sure <laughs> i'm sure our following would love that if we yeah. have following i'm not even I'm, sure i'm so pissed off i'm so mad <laughs> like i should be at a spring training game right now i should be i should be on a lawn somewhere drinking a beer with a hot dog and just enjoy and getting sunburnt and enjoying these minor leaguers as my wife points to me. Don't forget me. Don't forget your wife. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I you would, can come to my wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you'll be there. Uh-huh. Uh, I should be at salt river fields right now, getting sunburnt on my legs and being stupid and not putting sunscreen on, which I'm known to do. Uh, I should, I should have a beer and a hot dog. And I should be going, who the hell is number 76 up to bat right now? <laughs> who is that? Yeah, who's that guy? Oh, yeah, okay, cool. He hit a home run. Awesome. All right, great. Yeah, and then uh, our, our overanalyzing of <laughs> yes, spring training I, statistics. Yes, I should be <laughs> looking at the uh, radar gun every time Madison Bumgarner throws a pitch. Yeah. 
just so I can freak out if he's throwing 88 miles an hour or is, not. Is Zach Greinke throwing 89 oh today or 91? Dude, yeah. literally every spring training start with Zach Greinke. What's his fastball velo at? What's it at? That's the best part of spring training. Or, remember, uh, when I, remember when I told you and Derek that Trace Thompson was making the team yeah. last year? Was remember that last, when I said that? Was that just last year? Or was I that think two so. years ago? I can't remember. I think it was last year. I guess it was. <laughs> last year feels so long ago. Well, yeah, uh, I guess two years ago, Starling Marte was firmly entrenched uh, in center field for like well, a month. Yeah, we had like two weeks, of sp- <laughs> two week, two years ago, we had like two weeks of spring training and then everything. And then they shut down. Yeah. What the hell? So, yeah. And they shut everything down. But yeah, man, like overanalyzing things like that is the best. It's the best. Yeah, we, right now we should be at the ballpark overanalyzing. Like Jordan uh, Luplo hits a home run. We're like, he's yeah. starting Is every day. Is he the starting day. right fielder? He's yeah. starting every day. Yeah. Dalton Varsho makes who's, a diving catch in center, center field. Who's playing center field today? Yeah, right, exactly. Who's, who's playing center field? Is it McCarthy? Is it Varsho? Is it Marte? Who is it? Yeah. Pavin Smith replaces Christian Walker in the fourth inning at first base. I think Pavin Smith's the first baseman yeah. now. I think he is. <laughs> oh, and don't – yeah. We would totally be overanalyzing. Yeah. We would who be. is who is the third baseman? Oh, we would 100%. be looking at that every day. Who's playing third base today? Oh, it's Drew Ellis. He's this probably the star. Oh, Josh Rojas is over there today. Okay, cool. Like, I'm just I don't know if I've said this on the podcast, but I'm throwing it out there. This is my prediction at third base. Jonathan VR, who is still a free agent, still a free agent. Granted, <laughs> nobody can sign for free agents right now. Well, that's uh, true. Jonathan VR, switch hitter, I believe. I believe he's still a switch hitter. Yes, he switch is. Hitter, Multiple positions. Used to be a really fast guy, but really isn't that guy anymore. Um, right. I think he would take the place of as Drupal Cabrera, kind of. You know what I mean? Like the the switch hitting veteran, uh, could play third base every day. It's better. I mean, Drew Ellis is a, is a fine player, but he's, I mean, there's not a lot of special there. Not that Jonathan VR is a lot special either, yeah, but you can probably get, get him for four million or less. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, Jonathan VR. He is thirty years old. Um, I thought he was older than that, actually. So that's not horrible. Um, last year he hit. Uh, let's see here. He hit two forty nine, uh, eighteen homers, forty two RBI, stole fourteen bases. Um, his on base percentage was three twenty two. Uh. It's OPS not great. Seven thirty-eight. So I mean, he's. I mean, he's all right. It's he not a great. Decent year, I guess. Didn't uh, didn't Kyle Seager retire, or did I make that? Kyle up? Seager, he did retire because yes, he was he the did. top third baseman available, if I remember right. Um, in terms yeah. of true third baseman, I mean, there's probably a couple I mean, guys who Chris, could play it. Chris Bryant's available, yeah, as okay. well. But I That's mean, out he of the was playing range. like center. He was playing like center field for the Giants, so who knows where he's going to play? Well, on the D backs, yeah, I mean, Chris Bryant. Yeah, there's no. Way. Uh, I don't even know if they could have afforded Kyle Seager. He probably would have gone back to Seattle, yeah, probably for one year, twenty million dollars or something. Um, yeah, I mean, I could see Jonathan. VR. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be upset with that. It's honestly. a person um, who plays baseball and plays third base. <laughs> no offense to Drew he's, Ellis. He's a person no, yeah. who plays baseball <laughs> and plays third base. Um, yeah, that's that's all I need, um, and you can afford I'm him. Looking. I'm looking at his games last year. He played 97 games at third, 26 games at shortstop, and nine games at second base. He sounds like a D-back already. 
Yeah, well, you don't need him to play those other positions. positions. You don't need him at those other no, ones. You w- I mean, no, Tori would use, Tori would move to. him around. That, sure, that's I just mean, the way he is. He would he would probably be your primary third baseman if Cattell Marte is your primary second baseman, and then obviously yeah. Nick Ahmed is your primary shortstop. I mean, so, you could show but, up. You know, you can do anything. You could you show up to camp him. and tell Tori like, I only play third base. Like that's the only p- position I know how to play. <laughs> and he'd be like, Great, you're starting in center field tomorrow. Like that's Great. just how I feel Catch about the, the bus right down now. to AAA. Well, no, I'm that's I'm serious. Like that's how I feel about the <laughs> D-backs. Is like they've got a primary catcher playing center field. Uh, Josh Rojas, in all seriousness, Josh Rojas probably deserves to be the everyday third baseman. If we're really like hammering out the details right now here on this show, when there's no sport, um, right? Josh Rojas is probably the guy at third base. That way, you don't have to spend any money in free agency. He's probably deserving of a starting role somewhere. And the outfield's pretty crammed. Uh, assuming that Christian Walker's at first base, that moves Pavin to right. Uh, Peralta's still out there. Varsho's probably out there. So, yeah, I mean, Josh Rojas probably plays third base every day. That's my best guess. Yeah. But I think VR would be a good fit. A veteran switch hitting bat on the bench wouldn't be a bad thing either. Um, For four he million. Only made, he made, let's see here. If this is the right category, yes, he made he made a total of fifteen errors last year at all three of those positions. Um, at third base, he where his, he has fourteen errors, and then at second base, he had one. He didn't have any errors at shortstop. Um, but he played those so, positions a lot less too. True. For so, in fairness, I mean, so basically, yeah. Let's say if you took away the. Uh, short and second base where he played 26 games at short and only nine at second. He had a 933 fielding percentage at third. Well, I don't it's not need, horrible. I don't need him to be perfect. No. Jake Lamb played third base on this team for like three or four Dude, years. Bro, so. Don't even, don't even, don't. I went there. Don't do that to it. me. I went there. Bro, dude. Oh my God. How many times did I say Jake Lamb is going to get Paul Goldschmidt hurt by pulling him off the bag so much? Yeah. I'm surprised that that never happened. Because Paul Goldschmidt's so good at first. All right, but. that's uh, an evaluation of where the Diamondbacks are at, even though we have no- Jonathan VR, baby, let's go. <laughs> we got a new campaign we can go after. It's our new campaign. Get Jonathan VR signed. Dude, can you imagine um, when, whenever these two sides get their heads out of their butts yeah. um, and actually agree to play baseball, the flurry of moves there's going to be. I know, it's going to be crazy. As soon as that ink... Not even when the ink dries on that new CBA, there's going to be dudes moving and grooving everywhere. Trades, free agency. Carlos freaking Correa is still unsigned. Yeah. That's going to be insane. And there wasn't even really rumors about him. Well, Freddie, Freem- Freddie Freeman is Freddie still out Freeman. there. There are big rumors about Freddie Freeman. Like it's it's it looks like he's not going to be in Atlanta anymore. Well, there's the um, rumor that the Yankees want him. Yeah, and, and that would of mean course you they'd have Dodger to move fans. off of um, posting posting pictures of Freddie Freeman in a Dodger uniform. Remember, here. the A's wanted to d- dismantle their whole team. And Matt Olson might get traded. Well, Matt Olson, Matt Chapman, Matt Chapman. Chris yep. Bassett. Uh, name any player on the A's. They could go. Yeah, sure. You could see a, a flurry of just A's trades. I mean, or they could keep the whole thing together and try to compete this year. I have no idea. Right. You're right. There's going to be a ton of moves. Uh, it's going to be nuts. I saw somebody tweeted over under six trades in the first 48 hours. And I, I honestly have, Ooh, I have no first, idea. In the first 48 hours? Yeah, first Ooh, two days a, after they signed that's up. That's a good one. And what was it? Six over under six trays? Six, yeah. 
Uh, I get, I'd let's, probably take the under on that. Let's make it six and a half over under six and a half. So I would take uh, I would take the under on that. I don't think there's going to be like that many in the first two days, but there's going to be a lot. Yeah, um, teams are going to be pushing hard though to get their teams put together. Because yeah, not only and, do you have free agents available, but te- some teams do want to move off players. The Yankees, right. if they're going to get go get a big name first baseman, they got to do something with Luke Voigt. <laughs> they got to move yeah. him. So, well, plenty I of mean, teams will be interested. They don't. Yeah, they don't. They 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 probably could get something for Luke Voigt, but Anthony Rizzo is not there anymore either. So they, he's really their only first baseman, Luke Voigt. So, yeah. but yeah. Um, he probably wouldn't be very happy if they went out and got Freddie Freeman. He probably want ask for a trade, maybe to get more playing time. Anyway, but um, yeah, it's it's going to be crazy, man. It's it's going to be because if we are to take what Rob Manfred said a few weeks ago seriously, where he said they would need about four weeks to get ready to play a regular season, that's four weeks of every pretty much all those guys have got to get signed. I guess you could still sign guys once spring training starts, right? But you ideally would want to have most of your roster in place before you even get to spring training or start playing games, anyway. So it's going to be a weird, uh, just because of how this has gone on. It's going to be a really strange start to the season. I think you're going to see a lot of crappy baseball play when this whole thing gets going. Um, because what did we learn? I mean, I know the summer camp in 2020 was only two weeks and that whole season was just so unprecedented with everything that happened. But I think we're going to see a lot of teams just struggle and a lot of individual players that aren't the top tier players. Like, I don't think Mike Trout's going to struggle. You know, he's Mike Trout, but he could, I guess. But well, I don't know, dude. Christian Yelich was the MVP. And then the next yeah, season, true. he couldn't hit 230. That's true. Uh, Cody so, Bellinger won an MVP. Yeah. And he fell off the face yeah. of the earth. So uh, it's something I, about yeah. that year. That shortened year really messed with some people's heads. So I hope it's not like that, but at least we're not going to see 20 after 23 games, a team have to decide their if they're buyers or sellers, you know, yeah, like we did I'm, in 2020. But well, let's hope we still don't know when we're going to see baseball again. But as of now, yeah. the first two series of the season are canceled so we'll keep you up to date on all things going on with baseball if there are negotiations i mean right now they're not even talking to each other so that's that's already the word is that they're both they're both back in new york both parties are back in new york um i read something that the soonest they could you know start back up again is thursday oh great so we'll see what happens that's i don't know here's an idea don't isn't that pretty bad they don't even they don't even have. Yeah, right. Don't take. <laughs> here it comes another month long vacation. Don't take a break. Um, Just keep yeah, going. Maybe don't. Don't set yeah, a deadline. It, keep going. <laughs> like why not? Keep working. Keep trying to make your sport exist. Here, that's an idea. Keep trying to make your sport exist because right now it doesn't exist. Baseball is not a thing right now. And that is where we stand. And that is why baseball players are going to be applying for jobs at Papa John's. Uh, We thank you so much for checking out the podcast this week. Despite the lack of baseball, we will try to give you whatever semblance of news there might be. I'm Steve Zinsmeister for Cody Fincher as well. We thank you for checking out the Ain't No Fang podcast here at ArizonaSports.com and on the Arizona Sports app.